I'm Steve Backshaw, and you're listening to the Aussie Wildlife Show. All right, guys, you're listening to the Aussie Wildlife Show. Adrian here, and I'm here, of course, with Steve. G'day, guys. Um, Steve Crawford. Because <laughs> I say that because we have with us today Steve McKechnie from Gorge Wildlife Park. Welcome, mate. How are you going? Yeah, good, thanks, Adrian. How are you? Very well, bud. Um, Gorge Wildlife Park, now everybody in Adelaide knows it. Fantastic park there. Been there over. for a while. How long has it been there? 50 years, a bit over, 55 years. Yeah, okay. Thereabouts. Great spot there in the Adelaide Hills. Yep. I'm sure most of our listeners that are local have been there. And I believe it was your grandfather and your father that started Gorge Wildlife Park? My grandfather and his two sons, yeah, my father and uncle, they started. Um, they were both, they were all three of them are avid aviculturalists. And um, when the boys left home, instead of buying properties everywhere and going from one property to the other look at one another's birds, they bought three adjoining properties and it just evolved from that. Started off as hobby, hobby bird keeping and just evolved slowly it's and it's pretty substantial now like it's a legit zoo yeah 90,000 people a year come through last year so um yeah it's pretty serious now 90,000 that's that's good isn't it it's not bad especially where you are because you sort of look at where you are and you think you're a long way out but you still drive 90,000 people through the doors not that far we're only half hour from Adelaide yeah, right. So it's mm. not really that far. I guess when I'm going from here, it takes me an hour to get there. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're on the south side. Yeah, on the south side of it. You get a lot yeah. of people going up to uh, the Brossa Valley too. Cause we're on a good... Yeah, we are. We're pretty fortunate. We're on the a tourist route through the, yeah, the wine region, yeah. So they come in and have a... Well, we get a few tours come through. They call through and have a hold of a koala, go up to the big rocking horse, then move up to the Barossa for lunch and do that sort of stuff. We have a few of them sort of tours come through. That's great, yes, yeah, and a good... So it's pretty handy. It's a handy, handy tourist route. Yeah, so I was going to say, a good tourist route, yeah. isn't it? The Gorge Road's a good drive. Nice nice road. It's a pretty place. It is. Yeah. How, yeah. how big's the, um, the, the, the park, mate? The park, 14 acres, yeah. all up. Nice. A couple of acres are a bit steep, but, um, we're, yeah, we're 14 acres of land. We've probably got the zoo on 12, 11, 12. But, um, yeah, no, it's good. Mm. Good size. Yeah, fantastic. Without being too big. I mean, you can walk around it. Without going for massive nature walk, something like it's it is a zoo. It's confined. It's not open space. It's good. It's got a, a big diversity of species too. It's not just Australian stuff. Yeah, no, no, heaps of heaps of um, exotic stuff. Um, we've been exotic for probably twenty five years now, I suppose. You know, five, six, seven different sorts of monkeys, servals. We used to have larger cats, but like pumas and leopards, but they all passed away. Um, exotic reptiles as well. A lot of exotic birds. Otters, meerkats, big, diverse community of animals. Camels, good. Camels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Probably my favourite when I go there. The oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's favourite. Yeah, when, when we got the camels, all the boys said, why the hell do we want these camels? And I said, you wait. They're good. <laughs> now they're everyone's favourite. Yeah. Oh, they're great. People, people drive up the road, they see the camels, and they buy a packet of pellets and straight down the camels. <laughs> they're, they're good. Is it because they're just big animals I think and you so. get close to them? Big and your hand feed them, they've got big heads and big lips, and it's just people just love them. Yeah, it's a hand feed animal. Character, they just got yeah. a bit of character to them. It's a hand feed animal that size is always pretty good, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it's good. Yeah. Do you, um, do you let people ride them? We do. You do? We oh, ride you guys them ourselves. do. Yeah. <laughs> but no, no, they're not that quiet. They've never been on a halter or nose pegged or anything, they're just quiet, patable, mm. and we slip on them. But no, we don't do pony rides on a camel or anything. I remember I rode a camel once and I fell off. 
Because I will I sit down front first. Yeah. I wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> Off you go. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're good. They're good value camels. Now you see that when you guys first started off, it was mostly birds. Um, it was animals as far as back as I remember. It started off as birds. Though. It started off as a bird collection. Um, like I say, I've been. I grew up with it. I was one when they bought the land, so I grew up with it. And there's always been deer and was involved in the deer industry. There's always been deer and kangaroos and wallabies and that sort of thing, native animals. And it just got bigger and bigger and bigger and just, like I say, evolved into exotic stuff as well, which is good. Yeah, it's, and birds are one of your, um, your passions, mate, too. Would I be right in saying that? Well, well I don't know about a passion. I yeah. like everything. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I like everything, but I'm not an expert on anything sort of thing. Like we have, um, we have a bird keeper. Yep. That works with us. Who's a, who passion is birds. We have reptiles keepers whose passion is reptiles. Um, but yeah, no, I like birds. I like big birds. Like I like the ostriches and emus and casperos mm. and that. Brolgas are my favourite. I like that big sort of stuff. But when you run a zoo and you're, and you're running in South Australia, which is not a really big tourism industry, like over the east coast, it's completely different. But um, South Australia, I mean. But you've got to get the local crowd back time and time again. So you're going to run a variety of animals, you know, keep the mix up a bit, keep, keep them coming back. Yeah, so, change it up as much as you can. Yeah, mix it around, mm. get the new stuff in and try to pull the locals back again. So we do a bit of that hand feeding and hands-on sort of stuff these days. Did you have a rear there once? Still got a rear. Yeah, okay. Last rear in Australia. Is that right? Yeah, unfortunately. So that's the end of the... That's it, the end. We can't get them back again. The bird flu's sort of stopped that importing <coughs> of birds, hasn't it? Yeah, they haven't imported birds since... Well, they did macaws and parrots in the early 90s, but I don't know if they're going to do any more. Okay. I'm assuming it's the bird flu. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Okay. I don't know if, they, if all the zoos got together and said they want to import rears, it could probably happen, I suppose. I don't see why it couldn't, but, but it's not going to happen. Can you get mm. birds from New Zealand? I don't know. Okay. I've heard that, I don't know that. that they can actually still get birds from New Zealand, but you can't get them from anywhere else. But New Zealand can get them from other places, so you've got to think there's a loophole there somewhere. I know, um, <laughs> I know hoofed animals have to come through New Zealand maybe too, I think. Yeah, okay. So there, maybe there might be something with New Zealand. I'm not sure. Interesting. I'm not really. We've never been involved with importing things at all. So yeah, I'm okay. really not at scratch with that. Yes, yeah, best not to. And that's a whole other world, isn't it? The yeah. transportation of animals. Got enough to do now without yeah. <laughs> doing something else. How do you how do you get some of these out, like importing animals? Are you got to drive over and pick things up? Or? Um, it's was, it was just a big barter system. Like we were in the same um, association as Adelaide Zoo, Melbourne Zoo, and ZAA. It's just a big barter system. Like we breed cassowaries, and they go out to Adelaide Zoo, and they go out to Hunter Valley Zoo, or they go out wherever. They have stuff we get in from them. It's just a big circle of swap sort of thing so it's fairly so, easy to deal with everyone within australia yeah it's not bad yeah um marmosets little tamarins where they're stud book animals so they control breeding mm. we've got cotton top tamarins so they breed and they go out to others it's, it's not bad within australia mm. they it's, move them around pretty well like it's a good network it's a good way to be, I suppose. You, you can't breed everything yourself. No, that's right. And the fact that it is no money involved, so, I mean, it's pretty simple. If you have too much of something, you move it on and you just swap. It's good. It's a good system. Yeah. Yeah, that makes Real sense. Good. 
Not many people would be breeding cassowaries, I wouldn't have thought. No. Um, we're pretty lucky. <laughs> <laughs> we've got a breeding pair. We've been breeding them, I don't know, six, seven years now. I don't know how many we bred. 15, 20, I suppose. We've two this year. Two little fellas are about a foot high right now. Like They always hatch. Our cassowaries are like clockwork. They hatch in December, New Year's Day every year. That's, That's amazing. Late December, hmm. New Year's Day. Because they're like from far north Queensland and you're breeding them down here. Yeah, but like I said, we're very lucky. Like the cassowaries don't mix too well. Like they, we have, like, have had lost birds introducing them before to try and breed. And this pair just click. They don't hurt one another. They don't fight. They just get along quite well. So we, we just jagged a good pair of birds, which makes you look good. That's but fantastic. It was just luck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. But no, no, we're doing pretty good with them. Real good with them. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I, I remember we, Tam and I went up to um, the Daintree Rainforest a couple of years back and we saw a couple in the wild and that was pretty good. As we were driving out, we saw one with a baby. It might have had a couple of babies. So impressive birds. I think there's only probably a couple of thousand left. No, it's one and a half thousand or something. Mm. Yeah. Very few. Yeah, we, we were surprised that we actually saw one. You've got some photos to prove it. So They're inquisitive. Good. Like They'll come to people's backyards for food and that sort of thing. They get run over. Pretty common to get road toll. Oh, okay. That's a shame. Yeah. But no, they're pretty cool. But um, not for everyone, though. Like, they're a bit towy. You've got to yeah. watch what you're doing with them a little bit. Well, they've got those massive claws massive. in their feet, haven't they? Their feet are huge. Yeah. Their legs, like their legs, the structure of the bone, and that is just big bird, strong bird. That's legit a dinosaur. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. If you just had a look at a picture of their foot without the rest of the bird, you'd think it, it would be a dinosaur. It could be a dinosaur. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. No, now, they're good, very interesting You probably get asked this all the time But do you have a favourite animal? I know I get asked it all the time And Steve gets asked all the time So we're going to ask you <laughs> No, no, I do, brogas is that, is that right? I like brogas, they're cool um, They're a dangerous bird too, aren't they? With that, that beak They can spear they're, they're, they're one of our largest stalks Well, they are our largest stalk uh, Crane, sorry But um, we breed them every now and then Not too often But they've just got character Like... They just got something. They look at you, and you can you can almost pet them. Like they're just something about brogas. Active too. Like a lot of lot of birds in captivity will just sit. Brogas always doing something. Like he's walking around, churning the ground up, or the PA system goes off, and they dance and squawk and carry on a bit. They're just, <laughs> they're just good captive birds. They work well in captivity. They do that dance thing, don't they? Yeah, they dance with one another. The Aboriginal dance type thing, isn't it? They relate to the Aboriginals a bit. So they're the ones that they call jabberoos. No, no, jabberoos are big black and white ones. Yeah. I don't know if you know jabberoos. A bit like a pelican on long legs, jabberoos. <laughs> but um, brogas are uh, light bluey grey. Got a red head. Probably stand about five foot tall at the top of the head. Oh, I know the ones. Stalk. Yeah, that's stunning. Yeah. 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 Plenty of them up territory in the, in the coast, but there's a breeding group down at Mount um, Gambier as well. Oh, okay. Very few, though. They have trouble with foxes down there. Up in the territory, they don't have foxes, so... Yeah, Brogues okay. Do all right. Then territory, then Mount Gambier, the foxes chew them up a fair bit. But that's, no, that's, they're, they're my favourite. I like them. They're good. Do you, because people like, because they, they do stuff, people like to come and see an animal that's doing what it does. Like I know when I show people this animal, I say, oh, this is a betong, they hop like a kangaroo. First thing kids will say, I want to see it hop. You know, if you show a bird, can we see it fly? Or a carnivore, can we see it eat something? They want to see an animal do something. So that'd be a good exhibit for that reason, I'd say. Well, they are, because they're pretty boring going to see something just sits there doing nothing. Mm. Yeah. Um, especially for kids. Kids like things that are active. I mean, a good, all good zoo animals are colourful, a bit of, active and, a bit of activity and noise. People like noise as well. 
when they're not living there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I live right on the place. You get used to that. Yeah. Oh, we live the in noises Rocky. are good. Yeah, We've got um, the mm-hmm. next town around is Paracon, about five or six k's away from us. And there's a bloke out there who goes to work at five o'clock in the morning, so he's out on his porch and has a cigarette, has a cigar and a coffee and listens to the gibbons. Oh, wow. <laughs> and he reckons it's fantastic. Uh-huh. So, That's cool. So, yeah, it is cool. Yeah, they're a good-looking animal. Last time I was there, there was some work going on um, as you come into your left over there. Uh, what do you? What? Our work? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's the, a that's a new monkey cage, capuchin monkeys. Oh yeah, that's oh, up good. and going now. Fantastic. Yeah, it's got a group of ten animals in that one. Just made it a bit bigger. We we got a lot of old cages that need upgrading. Like everyone has. Yeah. Mm. Um, you can't get to them instantly. It takes time. But monkeys are our priority at the moment. We're trying to get them out of the smaller stuff into bigger exhibits. And um, just finished that one. It's really good. That's an interactive one. They got a little tin where people put some food in, and the monkeys pull a chain, take it up, and drop the tin back down. So it's an interactive cage, and which is really good for the public. They like that sort of thing. That's a great idea. Yeah, it's a really good idea. Works good. Do you get many school groups come through? Yeah, a lot. We do an education thing for them. Um, very basic, like primary school one. They like have a keeper sessions and that sort of thing. We get quite a few. That's fantastic. Yeah. And I believe you have. Um uh, like an interaction day where people can come and there's keepers with animals and volunteers. Unleashed, with we call it. Um, that was our because we haven't we haven't broken into that sort of stuff really. In, what do they call them? Uh, encounters are a big thing these days with zoos, and we're yeah. just sort of breaking into it. Yeah. So the last Sunday of every month, we do Unleashed runs for the half day. They bring out birds, and reptiles, and mammals, and dingoes, and all that. everything comes out on leads, the touch and hands-on thing, just for the whole afternoon. And um, that's very popular. People like that. That's very cool. Yeah. We need more past, of that. Past lizards around and like, dingoes on a leader are a favourite. They like that sort of thing. Yeah, I used to do that at the Territory Wildlife Park with a dingo on a lead. Yeah. It was awesome. They're beautiful animals. They are dogs. amazing animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We need more that's of that, though. We need more of kids getting their hands onto animals to start appreciating the environment because we're losing so many things, aren't we? Yeah, we're just, we're, like I say, we're just starting to break into that. We're doing meerkat encounters as well. Um, we've got to charge for these things now. We're not, with the unleashes, it's part and parcel of coming to the park. I mean, you just come in, cost you nothing, have unleashed. And you hold koalas every day. Three times a day we do koala holds, and that's part of the price coming in. But we do private encounters now as well, which they can take them into a meerkat and have you know, meerkats running on them or into the marmoset cage with mealworms and the marmosets on their arms and things like that. Um, we just start to break into that, and it's starting to pick up a bit. Real well. Very cool. It's a great thing to do. It is. Think about um, four years ago, I think my brother was over, and we drove over to you guys to show him Gorge, and um, it was just after some huge fires that way. Yeah. How did you We've, cope with all of that? <coughs> we'd done all right with the fires. We went through Ash Wednesday as well. Yeah. Ash Wednesday was the worst one. But um, no, we never got burnt. But the last fire you were talking about was maybe two or three years ago, four years ago maybe. Yeah, was it 16? Yeah. 15? It um, burnt right down to our river frontage. Like we got a, we got the Torrens River runs along the bottom of our property. It burnt right down to that, but never crossed onto our side. Fortunately, we got neighbours that are really vigilant with their properties, which is helpful too. Yeah. But um, no, no, we got all right. Very smoky. The animals were fine. Not the animals, no stress on the animals, but we're a bit lucky. That's I good. think. That's good. Planes, helicopters, well, were really good with it. The CFS, whoever they are, they, they were really good. Yeah, so they help out a lot. Yeah, you you have a plan though. Where if something does happen, do you have to? Not really. Is it evacuate. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't evacuate. We'd stay. Yeah. Um, 
we have sprinkler systems. Yeah. You can you can only do so much. Yeah. Um, but there'd be no evacuation plan. I mean, that's nearly impossible. Mm. Well, I mean, what one, what would you do? I mean, you can't pack everything up that quick. Just grab all Take the... it away. I mean, stuff. Well, I think there was, a, there was another podcast that I listened to which was about that subject. It wasn't Australian, no, it was American, I think. Um, and, and it was basically you get to a point where you, you, you do your hardest to save the animals, but at that point you you just got to go. You'd have to draw the line somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Steve yeah, would just grab his broggers and... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what get. Grab the yeah, broggers, put them in the car, <laughs> and go back for the wife and we're... <laughs> but, um, you said if that. there's time. Yeah. <laughs> if there's time. <laughs> but look, we're... Um, it'd have to be an extreme fire day, I think. Because mm. we haven't got a real lot of undergrowth. Like, we've got grass paddocks and we've got the trees and that but we haven't got undergrowth sort of thing so I think we'd be pretty right unless it was one of those real extreme freakish days it looked pretty extreme when we was driving up there that day it was yeah, yeah it was pretty bad it is the biggest worry of living up in the hills though it is one of the mm. it's always in the back of your mind yeah our side of the hills isn't like you guys over here actually we, we have a fairly poor country over there like our, our timber is not big heavy good timber like our scrubs fairly poor yeah, right. I don't think it would get as hot as it does in some parts of the hills. But, yeah, it's always there on the back of your mind. Yeah. yeah. The, the reptile place you've got, that, that's, yep. I mean, it's fairly new. Yeah, that's an awesome little walkthrough. Yeah, that's done pretty a cool. great job of it's that. It's only small, but um, it houses a few reptiles. Yeah. And a bit of a mixed bag. Got some boas and, well, we've got crocodile alligators outside, but we've got some blood pythons and a couple of iguanas. So it looks good. Pretty impressive for the kids. I love it. Yeah. 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 An old bloke done all that rock work for us. He used to work at the Adelaide Zoo. He um, took him a fair while to do it. Like, he was fairly particular mm. and not real quick. But um, we persisted. <laughs> and it came out pretty good. Real good. Serving really yeah, well. Yeah, it's come out brilliant. Yeah, yeah. It looks really good. It's like walking into a cave with some enclosures. Yeah. And we keep it a bit nocturnalish too. Like, we keep it a little bit dark in there and just lighten the cage enclosures up a bit. And, um, yeah, no, it works good. And it's got no. adjacent. It's got ghost bats and bilbies. Ghost bats and bilbies. Yeah, habitating. Yeah. yeah, how's that work? Yeah. No, no, they're good. Um, I got that idea from Featherdale Wildlife Park in Sydney. were doing that, and um, it just—I mean, ghost bats don't go on the ground. It gives, it gives you something to put on the ground of a ghost bat cage. It makes it a bit more interactive sort of cage having both. And we have got that set up at Nocturnal, and the bilbies are always out, as are the ghost bats are always out. I mean, it works really well, real well. Yeah, that's great. Have you got any plans for future exhibits or you got a point where you say, you know what, this is enough and let's just keep going with we what we sort of have got enough. Um, like I said about the monkeys, upgrading older stuff now a fair bit. Oh, we used to have lots of birds, like rows and rows and rows of birds. I mean, it's pointless keeping rows and rows of birds unless you keep them for yourself these days because you can have a cage of sun conyers, a cage of macaws and a cage of black cockies and really that's all the people want. They don't want to look at... Adelaide Rosella or something else mm. and something they don't want rose of birds they're finished so we got rid of all that sort of stuff opened the cages up a bit and trying to go a bit more habitat type cages and that's keeping us busy at the moment yeah I like some of your plant selections that you're using yeah, yeah they're good fantastic yeah and um but in the future maybe um we've just got our dabra tortoises which we've grown them up which are cool um maybe some smaller monkeys a bit more variety of smaller monkey people will relate to monkeys a fair bit some squirrel monkeys or something like that would be really good. Have you got those um, uh, spider monkeys? you got spider we got monkeys, spiders, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah, we bred spider monkeys. They're, they're next on the list to be upgraded. We're going to put them out in the moat and in the gum trees. Oh, right. So that's the project we've got in the, on the pipeline. That'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. Any I mean, we've never done that before. So mm. 
It's a bit hard in the hills doing moat cages because you can't go around with a moat moat, so to speak. You've got to have walls and going to work with the structure of the land a little bit. It's going to be a bit of a challenge, but I think we'll get there all right, hopefully. Any plans for like an arena for some um, shows? No. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. We're not up to that yet. I don't know what sort of shows you'd be. You mean like bird shows and that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah well, like, I don't know. Free fly shows. I'm just thinking about what I do, but oh yeah, look, free fly be cool. Free fly would be excellent, but uh, so many things can yeah. go wrong with free fly. Yeah, though, you need they? the staff. I mean, that's that's staffing another job. I mean, those blokes that do that, that's all they do. Yeah, and I haven't got the time and staff for that. We run a fairly busy show, but the koala shows are fantastic, and that's a real People intimate love show. Them. Yeah. Koalas all about koalas. And we're lucky enough to be able to hold them in South Australia still, so we've got 18, I believe. We bred four last year, three oh, the year before. We're doing all right with our koalas. Um, but, yeah, they're, a, they're pretty popular. We handle 15 koalas, so we do it three times a day. So everyone has a koala hog. Yeah. <laughs> so. And you don't charge any extra for it. I think that's great. No, we don't charge any extra for it. Almost getting a little bit too busy with it, sort of thing. We had to, we had to cut people down to one hold a day. Like people, some people would come in and have three holds a day. Yeah. But no, we got too busy for that. So we now give them a ticket and we cut them down yeah. to one hold a day, which took the pressure off a fair bit. Because yeah. you've got to think about the koala a bit as well. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But um, they're all pretty quiet koalas. You come out with some really bribe leaves, really nice snack leaves, we call them. And um, our koalas, I'll sit there and eat the snack leaves for three quarters an hour and be handled at the same time, which is pretty good. And they're super if they're still out. eating leaves while you're handling them, I mean, they're happy as. So, no, 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 they're working good. Real good. So, what's it like for you? You've grown up. Basically, you've just been born into this industry. You, is it? Is it? Have you gone out and done other things? Are you just kind of like you, you're born into work? You're flat out with this now, and that's well, what you do. It's animals. He doesn't get a break. No, yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, that's right. No, I don't do much else. Um, I mean, I did normal kids things growing up, playing football, all that sort of stuff. But um, with monkeys, I've never. <laughs> <laughs> I've never travelled the world or that sort of thing. Sort of. Just done what I've been doing, what I'm doing now. You got the whole world comes pretty, to you. It's pretty good. Mm. It's a good life, um, as long as you don't want to be rich. It's all right. Yeah, that's <laughs> you right. You want to drive around a Mercedes Benz, go do something else. Don't play with animals. Yeah, yeah. As he pulls up with his Ferrari. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's but my, no, it is a good life. You ask anyone that's got a pet lizard or a snake or whatever else a bird, and you say, "What's your dream job?" and it's 90% of the time zookeeper, isn't it? You know, it seems to be everyone's dream job, but you're, you're, you've done it your whole life. What do, what do you say to those people? <laughs> be prepared to work at it. I mean, it's a good job. I mean, there's nothing wrong with the job. It's, it's, a, it's a lifestyle more so than the job. Mainly because we own the place, I suppose, and, and we're not working for a major zoo. But um, it's a commitment. Like, you can't walk away and just um, you can't pack up and say, look, going over... Hawaii for three weeks or something like that you've got to think of it mm. it is a commitment um, sometimes you get sick of it and sometimes it pushes you to the limits <laughs> things happen when it's not going right or, and they'll happen geez. once yeah <laughs> but you get some good out of it you get a lot of money a lot of fun out of it I reckon in any case mm. you know when something breeds and yeah shit that was worth it it was just all in all it was pretty good I mean I wouldn't still be doing it if it wasn't decent I don't think You've never thought about selling up and not yet retiring no. to, to no, a house no, near yet. the beach. No. Well, we got kids involved a bit now, so we'll see what happens later on. 
but I certainly won't be retiring to the beach. I don't know how the Broncos will go down the beach. Because <laughs> 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 I'll be coming with me. My retirement home in Lobethal, my Broncos in the backyard. I'll be right. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be good. So the kids will take it over from you. It will go for another 55 years. Now. <sighs> you don't know. Can't say that, can no. you? You have no idea what they're going to do. But no. We'll oh, see. It's a good, I At the moment, life. everything's sweet. We're cool. Yeah. You've got some good staff there too. We've got good staff, yeah. Yeah, that helps. All of it? our staff come from volunteers. So you get when you have a zoo, you get good volunteers. Oh, yeah. you get a lot of volunteers. Yeah. Not always yeah. good ones because, I mean, it attracts volunteers. Well, it's, it's, it's the type of industry that you just can't walk into. You've got to volunteer almost, don't you? To yeah, especially in South in Australia. Door. There's not too many zoos and wildlife parks in South Australia. Mm. Not too bad over the East Coast, but not in South Australia. We get one or two emails a week from somebody that wants to volunteer or they're doing yeah. a... Uh, a lot of people do this captive animal management course, right. correspondence, and they've got to do fifteen same, hours a week. Or something. It's something crazy, isn't it? And yeah, there's not many like places that will have them. And and it is. I mean, you want to help those kids too, but it is hard because you've got to pay someone to do these jobs, and it's almost like it takes that person twice as long yeah, to does, teach someone else to do yeah, it. And yeah. um, we do them all the time. We always got volunteers, um, and that's where all our staff come from. Volunteers, they're good. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, we've got a few people that we've got in through volunteering. Yep. So, at Gorge, do you have any like conservation type stuff you're working on, or um, we was involved with the Yellowtail Air Peninsula Yellowtail Black Cockatoos, oh, yeah. which is a group of Yellowtail Black Cockatoos that live between Streaky Bay and Port Lincoln. They come down to Port Lincoln to breed. Mm-hmm. When we it started, their recovery program started in the year two thousand or ninety nine, something like that, and they had 35 or 36 birds, is all they had then. So I thought they'd be able to take some of the nest eggs, have a captive program and re-release. So we was involved in that. As in, yellowtail black cockies lay two eggs, but 99% of the time they'll only ever raise one chick. So they were running around taking the second egg, and we was incubating them and hand-raising them. And we started breeding some. I think we've got 18 to 20 birds now. But I think due to funding and bushfires and that the population now is I think they've got nine birds left in the wild so we've got more in captivity and I don't know what's going to happen with those birds actually we've still got them, they're not mine, they belong to the state but um, we're involved in that Mm. Um, we're involved in a few stud book programs not Australian, what Australian Um, sacred kingfishers was a stud book program, that sort of thing, we do that sort of breeding, Mm. which is managed Genetics, like they tell you what male goes with what female and that sort of thing. So, yeah, we, we try and do a few of those sort of things. The Bilby, the Bilbies is another stud book program. We're involved in that one. Yeah, very good. So, mm. so no, we, we try to get involved in a few of those sort of things. It looks good to be involved in them things. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think, yeah, zoos do a lot of that. And yeah, of and you've got to like try that. to make yourself good, look good because there's a lot of people out there that don't like zoos. Mm. No. Uh, and 20 years ago not plus lot, maybe maybe you know there was reason not to but nowadays I think everyone should get yeah, involved in zoos different. they're good yeah. yeah I say that a lot don't I what's that about everything zoos do behind the scenes yeah well I just think yeah I mean every time I go to a zoo and I get to go backstage I'm always surprised at how much does go on that the average punter doesn't see I mean they're not just animals in cages there's so many things mm. that, a, that a zoos are involved in yeah. of a conservation nature that the average punter doesn't see mm. Um, and it's super powerful that the opportunity, like we said earlier, for kids to come and see animals, 
um, that they otherwise wouldn't see. And then it's trying to make that link, isn't it, between animals and the environment. I mean, you look in, you go, go into the bush, you may not see any animals. You might hear a few birds or whatever, but a lot of our animals are nocturnal, they're elusive. Um, when you understand that these are the animals that live there, it might help people to appreciate the bush. You know, it's a big part of what I try to do is get people to appreciate biodiversity because we're losing it and it's super important. It's, it's not, I don't promote that because I think it's important, although it is. I promote it because I, I like it. It's a selfish thing. I I, I like all the biodiversity, whether it's the orchids, the soil microbes, or the bilbies, or the birds. It's, it's the whole system that we're we're losing, and I think zoos play a big role in connecting people back with that. Well, it certainly shows the kids the animals to start with, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. You can and get they go out in the scrum. Oh, look at that! I've seen that at the bloody Gorge Wildlife Park. Yeah, yeah. yeah. plants yeah. the seed. Yeah, yeah, and it gives a backup program, um, backup population of animals, like the Tassie Devils. Like if it wasn't for zoos, we'll probably lose them in the long run. Mm. But that tumour thing, we've got a captive management program where we've got good clean devils in case something happens to the wild ones. And they're good for that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. super important. Yeah. yeah, I like the way you got you guys have your place set up um, to encourage families to come. Like people can come and cook a barbie. You have got like yeah. community barbies and shelters and areas where people can just come and hang out. I think that's a good good thing that you, you do. It's yeah, young families is most of our clientele young families bring their kids up love seeing their kids feeding a kangaroo or touching a wallaby or whatever so yeah most of it's young families so they can come up for the whole day cost them nothing except to get in they sit yeah. there all day long hold a koala have a barbecue and it's a beautiful place we have to kiosk walk around well, have you've got your kiosk which does actually really nice burgers yeah the kiosk. <laughs> <laughs> and good coffees yeah yeah. No, it's not yeah. a bad day out Good value for their money, I reckon. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. Gorge Wildlife Park, 30 minutes from the city. Yeah. Get on it. And if you're coming from overseas, absolutely worth a look. And if you're local, you've probably already been there. But, I mean, you know, we go every year. So, yeah, mm. it's always worth a look. Yeah, There's a lot, of, a a lot of, of overseas ones these days. Adelaide's getting busier and busier and busier. Yeah. Like all the tourists at the moment are Asian of some sort. Like There's a lot of them at the moment. Mm. Oh, then. And then you have runs of English people come towards the end of the year and... There are more and more coming all the time. Bloody English. Good, They're yeah. all coming to see Steve. <laughs> <laughs> well, the koala's got to be their favourite, doesn't it? Everybody's favourite. Yeah. Definitely. That's a big tick in the box yeah. for people. It wombats. Is. Steve Bloody loves koalas. wombats. Wombats. Wombats are cool. You can, I don't know whether you're meant to, but you can pat your wombats, which is awesome. <laughs> they come right up to the fence and you can give them a good they scratch do. and that. They Here are brilliant wombats. Makes my day. That's the only wombat, reason I Wombats can. are cool. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen anything else at Gorge, just the wombat. Just the wombat. <laughs> I get to the wombats and that's it, that's me. You go enjoy yourself, I'm going to just scratch the wombats. Tunnel vision. Well, we've, got a, we've got a wombat in the pouch at the moment, so no, when it gets out big enough for you to flat touch, come over and look at the little one. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, that's yeah. They're cool. Are you going to raise him when for the Nah, no, parent roast. Yeah, nice. No, they're, they're also a stud book animal, so, so I think we're breeding them for the zoo system. Oh, oh, we bred one last year as well. So oh, I'd love cool. to come and see that. Maybe one back. Yeah, they're good when they're like, you know, yeah, just out the pouch. Beautiful. Yeah, they're bloody cute. What do you think of um, native animals as pets? We, we've done a show about yeah. that, and it's a controversial one. People love it, people hate it. it there's pros and cons. There is pros and cons. Um, for me, you can't go past a dog for a pet. <laughs> oh, yeah, I couldn't I mean, agree more. <laughs> yeah. If you had a pet, there's a lot of good dogs out there. I don't know. I don't, we, we don't keep them as pets as such. Um, my wife's got a pet bird, but. 
She she owns a zoo and she has a pet bird. That's I reckon. What sort of bird? I mean, reptiles for home. Then people. It's good for. It's good for people to keep. Um, a native animal, I suppose. I mean, shows a bit of gets them interested in the environment and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and you can get lots of reptiles now. You can keep these days without really having them as a pet. As such, I mean, reptile products are good now, aren't they? All the enclosures and the heat mats and all mm. the equipment's all good stuff. Yeah, the, the I, likes of wombats and things like that, maybe not so. I think, yeah, I think the word pet throws people. I probably shouldn't use it, but because when you when you think of pet, you think of something domesticated, sleeps in your bed, you, you scratch it behind the ears. Mm. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, that's that's right, and I. There's a, there's a big push on the moment in some of the states that where they can't keep native animals as easy as we can to um, to be allowed to keep some of these mammals. And I think people are imagining, like, they're going to try to have them as pets. Um, mm. And, you know... Yeah. I know in yeah, New South Wales, they can't keep wallabies and things like that. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, 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 New South Wales, I think, is the main state at the moment that's we're really the, pushing. We're the luckiest state. Our permit system's the best, without by far. I'll be pretty good here. Well, you can get you can get a red kangaroo with no permit whatsoever. Which I think is... they would like not to do that. <laughs> they'd like, I think they'd probably like to change that. Mm. Um, but yes, you can. Yeah, the word pet I think throws people. But that said, I mean you've seen the betongs we've been working with and domesticating, and I can pick them Quite up. Quite pettish, aren't they? They yeah. are very pettish. And we've mentioned yeah. I've got a friend yeah. who's got a house trained potteroo yeah. um, because she's got a rabbit that's house trained. And she said the pottery saw the rabbit using the kitty litter. The pottery goes Probably up Probably just as good. The kitty litter, yeah. yeah. Probably certain ones that are good for it, I suppose. And mm. Individuals. Yeah. It's very early yeah. in the piece. Dogs yeah. have been domesticated for eternity, so they kind of... Yeah. Mm. Well, we were talking about quolls, weren't we, the other day? I mean, it, you know, you raise it, you can hand raise a quoll, but it's got to go outside at some point because they just become a bit greasy and things at certain stages and yeah. something you could have climbing all over you all the time. Um, I but, think so. And those yeah. tiger quolls, their claws, they don't mean to cut you, but they've only just but, got to yeah. sit on yeah. your lap and you're bleeding. Mm. Well, mate, thank you very much thank for coming you. on. That's okay. Yeah. No worries yeah. at all. It's fantastic what you do. Gorge Wildlife Park, great spot. We're going to give you some squirrel gliders for coming on the show, just yeah. to say thank you. <laughs> I thought that's what I come here for, actually. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, we, wrote, we should explain. Steve's here to get some animals. Um, and... Uh, I just thought, you know what, let's get him on the show because we, we were going to ask you anyway. But while you're here, we thought we'd hold you down. So thanks for agreeing and, to do it, and mate. I thought there's always a catch to something. There, there is. Yeah, it was so that you invited me to come and see your baby wombat. <laughs> <laughs> that was all this was for. You can come and see the baby wombat. That's cool. Thank there you. you go. That's what it was. <laughs> and there it is. All awesome. Right. We're done. <laughs> Good. Awesome. Right, get up there and visit Gorge Wildlife Park. Absolutely. And uh, thank you, Steve. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Adrian. And thank you for listening. <laughs>